today we have a special guest, Chris Locke. We are super excited to have Chris joining us for this episode. Uh, he is the creator of the Lasers and Liches Retroverse. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that real quick? Okay. I, yes, it's my favorite subject. Um, first off, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm, I have a feeling we're going to have a good time tonight uh, based on the, the pre-show talk. Um, so the uh, Lasers and Liches in the Retroverse is basically Saturday morning, uh, you know, Saturday morning, the tabletop role-playing game. So remember when you woke up on Saturday and you just stayed in your pajamas and you ate sugary cereal, watched cartoons and played with action figures? Um, I do that nowadays. Yeah. yeah okay. So it, it, that's why I said, remember Saturday, not remember Saturday 10 years ago. Like you remember last Saturday when you did that too? Uh, anyway, we're trying to make that as a tabletop role-playing game. We're trying to take all the things that you enjoyed as a kid and uh, really dig deep into what made them great. Um, not just to make quick, easy references to Jurassic Park, but like explore why Jurassic Park has such a staying holder and to bring some of those feelings of uh, He-Man and Power Rangers and and these things back into the tabletop role-playing sort of genre. Um, So we've been working on it for a long time. We've got the first test wave out. We released that back in uh, April-ish. And it's like 150 pages of really cool content uh, some new classes, races, new monsters, magic, the whole nine yards. Uh, so we're working on it still, and we'll be uh, probably putting up a Kickstarter, it looks like in December, um, to get that sort of out there more to the masses and uh, hopefully make it to where I can make it a, a full-time or at least part-time job and not just something I do at two in the morning in my underwear. Hey, that's the dream, right? <laughs> right it would it would be great to at least be able to afford pants so that i could uh design in pants well it'd also be very cool if you could do your full-time job in your underwear though uh you know what screw the pants let's do that yeah who needs pants <laughs> yeah who needs well, pants daffy duck didn't need pants donald duck didn't no. need pants and if those ducks don't need pants and i don't need pants either a who wise man once <laughs> said why do i need pants <laughs> exactly <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Oh yeah, yeah Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh. Pooh. There's so many, so Piglet. many beautiful, amazing people have just not had pants. There's some Squidward people with tentacles. Yeah, Squidward didn't have pants. SpongeBob needed pants. Patrick needed pants. But you know, there was Patrick? some. Oh, no, he was pants. Yeah, he doesn't. There's some episodes where he doesn't wear pants, and those are the best episodes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's that's lasers and liches. Um, uh, really just go out there, follow me on Twitter if you want, uh, at Snicklesocks, and you'll see all sorts of stuff. I hope you, uh, I hope you enjoy it, really. Well, hey, I mean, we checked it out. We took a look at the test wave, and, you know, like you were saying, bringing in all those aspects of what actually makes it fun, you actually instituted a new uh, critical role or critical hit, critical failure mechanic mm. that actually represents what we used to use when we were just playing for fun we used to uh do max damage and then you could keep rolling and if you keep if you kept rolling a natural 20 then you could keep critting over and over again um it's we put that in because i hate when you roll a critical hit in like standard 5e and then like oh i get to roll three die six Uh, they were all ones great fantastic (laughs) (laughs) like that was the worst it could have possibly been it's very dramatic (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, I crit. 
and I failed at the critical. Yeah, it's it's a terrible feeling. Like a critical hit should be cool, no matter what. It should always be awesome. Yeah. Um, and we really want to bring that idea into the retroverse. It should always be awesome. I did have a question actually about your uh, thing because I was reading through and I saw that you were um, like one of your characters. Like, where did you get the like basing off of the uh, different? I think it was the. I don't think it was a background. The races, maybe. Because I just know one of them, Matt was pointing out, seemed very similar to a Power Ranger. And I noticed one of the guys, uh, the it was like a sink or something, I believe. My notes auto-corrected the name, but they seemed a lot like Lucio from the uh, Overwatch game. <laughs> so I, I don't actually play Overwatch, uh, funnily no? enough. Um, but in the design process, some people have brought up like, yeah, there's definitely some similarity. So the Power Ranger thing is intentional because who doesn't want to play oh. something that's essentially just, just like that. Um, it's not exact so that we can't get sued. Um, but, uh, I love that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, with, with that class, you have a robotic animal companion that can turn into a 10 to 12 foot mecha robot that you can get inside <laughs> of and then uh, punch people. Uh, as much as you want in that. And then the synth oh, yeah. weaver is essentially, we just were like, what would it be like if like a hip hop, maybe a break dancer on the street was also a D and D character. <laughs> can you play the key keytar? Absolutely. You can play the keytar. Your magical focuses <laughs> can be all sorts of things like keytars, boom boxes. You can actually just use beatboxing prowess as your like magical ability. Um, Actually, Dosh's D and D like in this game, his are bandit rap, skin flute, and loot. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Also, you, what was the spell, Mom Spaghetti? I didn't get a chance to look at that. I just saw the name, <laughs> Mom Spaghetti. He vomits everywhere. Is <laughs> uh, so it's just a, a dumb take on the uh, that that meme that goes around uh, with Mom Spaghetti. But essentially, you get into a rap battle with um your opponent and uh making some different throws if you win the rap battle they take damage based on how many allies they have around them so you basically oh. <laughs> diss them so hard that they take a bunch of psychic damage because all of their friends are now like oh snap son yeah josh i think we're gonna give you that that spell yeah oh that was a spell essentially yeah, spaghetti you it's called oh, nice, spaghetti. Nice, yeah. nice. You get into a rap battle with somebody. Yeah, because yeah. I already abuse. Uh, there's, a, there's I already a lot abuse of vicious mockery, anyways. Yeah, so. it's kind of like an upgraded version of vicious mockery, except I, I really try to make some uh, rules that twist what you're already dealing with. So, like having damage based on your allies. So it's actually uh, it's uh, puts you in a bad situation if you've got like a huge group of goblins and you use this on like the goblin king. He's just going to get demolished. Unless he's really good at rap battle. <laughs> Unless mm. he beats you at this rap battle, in which case, oof, mm. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Dosh is pretty proficient in uh, bandit rap, so... Yeah. So, I mean, you gotta be. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a bunch of stuff in there. Is there anything else you guys had a question about? Oh, yeah. Did some of the classes start as, like, uh, more, like, archetypes, and then you, like, expanded them out? Because I saw, like, the... Was it the synth weaver? And then, uh... Yeah. The D D Rezzer, the D Defragger. Defragger, that's what it was. Did those start as like a bard and a paladin archetype and then get so kind sort of, of like expanded out? Uh the the both of those classes 
are not like none of the stuff in the retroverse right now is finished i should say um those are basically just like the our initial shots at some of them um with the synth weaver it definitely does hold uh, some some bardic like the skeleton of a bard and then we we moved on from there as far as we could but i think i'm still going to go back and probably uh trim that up into something a little bit different so it's not that the synth weaver necessarily started as a bard it's that the rules for bardic inspiration are so good there's no reason to just ignore them um gotcha and if i can't if i can't come up with a set of rules that are unique uh unique enough and fun enough uh, to be different than the base rules, then there's really no reason for me to create it. It's why I'm not going and just making um, a bunch of like, oh, here's a new rogue archetype. It's like, if we can't make it cool, unique, and fun, uh, plenty of people are making other D&D supplements out there. And uh, oh, I, yeah. I don't just want to be mimicking them. Yeah, that's one thing, actually. Me and my friends tried to uh, start up that same process, like create it recreate our own version of it but like, i definitely know the amount of work that that would goes into that and we didn't finish it obviously so that's, yeah yeah no amazing job there's there's no reason to just totally rewrite new rules if something already works yeah. you know what i mean no the like the critical hit thing is one of those things where it's like well the the regular yeah. rule is broke it sucks so that's <laughs> something we could change um but uh, like a bunch of the rules for like two weapon fighting, I, I'm not going to be able to write a better rule than that. So let's just keep it. Right. Yeah. I know one thing that we tried to um, adapt into it was for like spell slots. Basically, that whole process is we used it based off of, I think my one buddy created where it was uh, based off of a percentage of like power that you have stored and like whatever you want to cast, it would be like this much power or yeah. Since you woke up not knowing anything that was going on, if you just wanted to say screw it and take like a bomb and use like 80% of your power, you could actually like learn what sort of new abilities you would have. You'd be like, you just suddenly teleported. You're like, whoa, I can do this. But it like wasted all of your like percentage of power. And I thought that was like the most unique thing about like what we created. But well, that sounds actually pretty neat. Yeah, it, it turned into a neat thing because it was on our pre-deployment where we had nothing to do but sit in lines for like three weeks in a, a row. But so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's make our own game, guys. Uh, but yeah, no, we just never ended up being able to have like our schedules all synced up to make the coordinations and like actually figure it all out. But I do know that a lot goes into it, and uh, from what I've seen, you definitely put a lot of a uh, thought process into this. Like it seems like there's a lot of. Uh, yeah, you know, like you were saying, like take like the fun twist on the old stuff. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Th well, thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, but it has been a lot of work. Like I joke <laughs> about sitting up at 2 a.m. in my underwear and designing this game, but that's exactly how it's been designed. So <laughs> uh, like I'm, I'm not joking. So when your best thinking's done in your underwear at 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, I got freaking I got two kids, a full time job um, and the, all this stuff on the side. So like. When I have time is is late or early, depending on how you look at it. So that's when I can do it. Well, we won't take up uh, any more of your time then if if, if you need to go. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm fine. To, I don't want to... Ending your episode is what I'm worried about here. Like, I can sit around and, and talk forever. Well, again, we're, we're really happy that you were able to join us. And um, if you want to see a little bit more about what Chris is doing... Check out Retroverse, Lasers and Liches. 
Uh, Kickstarter, you said, is starting back up in January, hopefully? In like late January or early February, probably. Um, which, I mean, the first test wave is like 150 pages, and we want to more than double that um, with the second test wave. So it'll be a lot of fun content. Awesome. Well, go check out his uh, first test wave and leave a review for him. I'm sure it goes a long way towards helping him. It does. uh, Know what he needs to do. It makes a huge difference. (laughs) And uh, if you want to leave a review for our show, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts. That really helps us know if we're doing a good job, if you're enjoying what you're hearing. And until then, if you want to keep in touch with us, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Death Saving Bros. You can, follow, you can also follow me personally at HB Camper. You can follow me at Benfro15. You can follow me at Ima underscore B underscore Rad. You can follow me at B underscore R-I-C-H-A 918. You can follow your dreams. You can follow me at E-S-N-E-M-E-T-H. And Chris. Uh, your wonderful. Uh, it's at at Snicklesocks. S n i c k e l s o x. I love that. <laughs> Go there, follow him. He does a bunch of D and D plot hooks. He has lots of fun content from his retroverse, and uh, all around fun time. So until next time, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.